Buenos dias, buenos dias, buenos dias. Welcome to today's Mayito Minute. It's going to be more of a parenting minute today, I think. So this one is for those of you that are parents or, you know what, we can cast a bigger net. This is for those of you that are in some kind of a leadership role at work or on your team Or for those of you that through no fault of your own, you have achieved a status to where people are looking at you, they listen to you, they respect you, but really it's more for the parents. So here's where my idea for this episode today came about. I was listening to a podcast with a guy named Bruce Lipton and this guy is, uh, he's kind of revolutionizing or or he's been, because uh, he's been at this for a long time, revolutionizing the way that we think about genetics, the way that we think about the DNA that we are born with, and then how that plays into who we are as people and how much control we actually really have versus how, you know... Uh, dead to rights we are to our genes and our genetic makeup. Anyhow, really interesting cat. He's got a lot of really awesome things to say. I think they all make sense. I like what he says and I agree with what he says. And um, so for those of you that are wanting to do maybe a deeper dive on Bruce Lipton, I'll give, you know, quant. he gets into quantum physics quite a bit, but I think it will be fascinating for those of you that are interested in learning a little bit more about that. Just hit me up and I can, I can point you in the right direction there. But one of the things that he talks about is, which is super interesting, he, he, he says that up until the age of about seven, we all have you know a supercomputer, our brains, and there are programs that are loaded onto our brains from our external environment, okay? So the computer comes out, Pretty, pretty void of any programs. It's just a computer that has a tremendous processor in it. And then it's loaded with programs up until the age of about seven from external environment being more than likely our parents or our guardians, whoever is our primary caretaker. Now, here's where I want to spend our time. Because one of the things that we don't realize, and by the way, this podcast episode is medicinal and therapeutic for me because when I heard this, I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Great reminder for me as I interact with my kids. Here's the deal, y'all. Um, we are responsible as parents, as caretakers for the programming that we load into our child's supercomputers, otherwise known as their brains. That's I don't care whether you like that you have that responsibility or not. It's yours. Why? Because your children look up to you. Your children look to you for guidance. There are things that you can help your kids with that they can't help themselves with. So by default, we become this uh, role model, example, whatever you want to call it. And here's where it got really interesting and what we don't realize that we do a lot as parents. Now, get ready and brace yourselves because this is probably going to strike a nerve with you, maybe, as it did with me. 
we send out this signal to our kids that we are happy with them, that we are pleased with them, that we are satisfied with them. I hope you're sitting down. That we love them more when they're getting the right answers, when they're not spilling the milk, when they're doing something athletically and they're doing it correctly and they're not needing to be, you know, um, shown the correct way to do something. In other words, when they're successful, when they're doing right, when they're behaving appropriately, we send out this signal to them through our, a lot of times through our language, just straight up our language. I'm so proud of you. Oh, this is great. Wow, look at that. Or maybe our body language that we are more pleased with them. We accept them more for the fact that they're doing things right. They got the right answer. And this trickles down to what our kids are just at their core, what they're looking for from us. Love. They're looking for us to love them. And they begin to say and equate, okay, if I do things the right way, then I am accepted. I am loved. My parents are pleased and satisfied with me. On the other side of this equation is when they don't have the right answer and we're doing homework with them. Now, I'm thinking about my own life, by the way. I'm looking over at the countertop where I usually do homework with my kids when they're not getting the right answers to their homework. And then they can see our frustration because they're not getting the right answer. It's not that they're not giving the effort. They just, there's something going on there maybe. Or when we're trying to teach them an athletic skill or they're at a game and we're watching them play or what have you and they make a mistake or they fail. And again, the body language, like our verbal language, the words that actually come out of our mouth, the tone of those words and what we might even say, they, they communicate my mom and dad are not pleased with me. They're, they're not satisfied with what I just did. Oh, when I'm behaving like this or doing this, they don't love me as much. Now, that takes us up to the age of seven. And Many of you, probably all of you listening to this, you're older than seven years old, but, but check this out. Part of the, the platform or part of the, one of the soapboxes that I stand on as a mindset coach is not worrying about the outcome, not worrying about the result, right? That winning is not just inherently good and losing isn't inherently bad that there's more to it than that, isn't there? Why are we, why do I have to say that? Why do I have to tell you guys that? Why do I have to remind myself of that? Answer, because up until at least the age of seven, 
Our parents probably loved us. My parents did a good job with me. I mean, I was raised in a good home, but, but that message was subliminal. It was subconscious. They, we didn't... We didn't mean we don't mean to communicate these things to our kids, but isn't it's just natural. Right feels good and I show happiness with that and and wrong feels bad and I show dissatisfaction with that. So this episode for us as we interact with our kids, hopefully this episode will remind us That regardless of whether they give the right or the wrong answer, regardless of whether their performance was a deemed a success by the scoreboard or any other statistic, or it was deemed as a failure by those same metrics, what we need to do as parents to our children is we need to continually communicate to our children that we accept them, that we are pleased with them, that we are satisfied with them, that we ultimately love them no matter how they perform. And the sooner we can begin to do this, the better. Because many of us, myself included, We've had to work, or we are working, I can, we continue to work extremely hard to undo and try to kick this program out of our minds, out of our mindsets, because it's naturally what we are bent towards. It's naturally the way that we are bent to see the world around us and process our performances. And so I give us this today, that we would do this for our children. Because if we truly care and love for them, then we can give them this gift so that they've got less work to do once they come out from underneath us and once they can actually realize that maybe there are some programs that they would rather not have, that they would rather not possess in their supercomputer, in their minds, and that they need to take a hold of and kick out of there. Which, by the way, I've got a book coming out soon. It's been delayed, but soon. And I talk all about this. This is the, the primary focus of the book is the brain is a supercomputer and how we, how we treat that brain and what's in that supercomputer, what's loaded into it, what's not in there. But I want to end with this because I want to make sure that I'm, I'm being clear with this message. This doesn't mean by any stretch of the imagination that we applaud and that we get excited about failure. And for example, wow, Jimmy, that was so awesome that you struck out three times during that baseball game. Man, that was, that was great. That was a fantastic performance. Because Jimmy knows and so do you know that that's not the case. 0 for 3, three strikeouts. That's actually, that wasn't a good day at the ballpark. That's not what I'm talking about, though. I'm not talking about 
you know, <laughs> soapbox time here. I'm not talking about like where our culture currently stands, where we applaud every performance and some of these performances are downright just bad and it's okay because, you know, we don't want to do damage to the child and we don't want to make people feel bad about themselves. So everybody gets a trophy and listen, I'm not talking about that. Okay. But when Jimmy does go 0 for 3 with three strikeouts, we can, if, if we've earned the right by showing Jimmy that, that we love him, we accept him, we're pleased with him. He's a human being. He's our, he's our son. We can show him that side of us, and it's genuine and honest, and he buys that. Then we can sit Jimmy down and say, listen, brother, you, you, you know, you, you went over three, uh, we're, you're obviously having trouble making contact and, and putting the ball in play. So, you know, what are some things that we can begin to do? How can we begin to work on this? You know, where do you, where do you think your weaknesses are or whatever, like have a good conversation with your son, with Jimmy about how to work through this. This kind of extends a little bit to coaching or to, uh, you know, being in a leadership role at work. Um, same thing, because it's got to be earned. So I'm not, I'm not talking about glazing over poor performances. And at the same time, we've got to be careful that if Jimmy goes three for three, Let's do four for four because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something here for those of you that know baseball. And Jimmy hits for the cycle. He goes four for four, single, double, triple, home run that, you know, we, we don't on the way home like pull into, you know, five below and buy Jimmy a bunch of stuff because he just hit for the cycle and just show him how, you know, over the moon we are and shower him with praise because he went four for four. And and don't say something to the effect of, hey, listen, that was a great performance, by the way. Fantastic. You made good contact with the ball. You were in the zone. You made solid contact. You, you know, you ran the bases well. Whatever you want to tell them. But then follow that up with, but let me tell you something. You know that I still love you. You know that I'm still pleased with you regardless of how you perform. You see, the message needs to be the same whether Jimmy is successful or whether he's not. It needs to be the same. So can we apply this? I hope that we can. Uh, I hope that this is something that can be helpful for you in, in applying this and, and using this with your, with your own kids. Or like I said, if you are a coach and, and you coach folks and you've got folks you know underneath you, then this is this is important because performance doesn't determine how we interact with those individuals uh, in terms of you know how satisfied we are with them, and the same thing with us that have leadership positions that are bosses you know quote unquote at work and have employees and so on and so forth. So anyhow, just a little takeaway for you. Again, if you're interested in the Bruce Lipton stuff. Uh, I would love to point you in the right direction on some of that and um, be looking out for that book. The book is going to come out soon. I will let you guys know when that book comes out so you guys can get your hands on it. I'm excited about it. It is a short and sweet book, but uh, 
man, it gets right to the point and helps us to uh, build up an even stronger, better, faster supercomputer. All right, y'all have a fantastic rest of your day. Till next time.